0: You know, training's a lot like moving dirt. Some days you get a shovel, some days you get a spoon. But as long as you're moving dirt every day, you're headed towards your goal.
1: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio, featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 All-Star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex
0: drop on kick the right the right. hey power nation summer is weeks away and you got to get that body right now whether it's to pack on a little bit of muscle to fill out those pants and fill out that t-shirt or to lean out and show off those abs by popping off that shirt we got you covered now The reason we'd like to start busting our ass now is so that we have a little bit of margin of error so that you can cut loose and not feel guilty. So what I want you to do is go check out one of Power Athlete's nutrition protocols. We got a leaning, we got a bulking, we got a keto, and we also have a performance protocol for those of you that need a little bit of extra attention or really trying to dial it in so that you look like a million bucks come summer.
1: To learn more, head to PowerAthleteHQ.com forward slash nutrition to find out which protocol is right for you and We're going to give you an extra 20% off at checkout with the code EATTHEWEEK. 20%? Yeah, that's all caps.
0: E-A-T-T-H-E-W-E-A-K at checkout. Dude, sounds good to me. Now you got your mission. You know what we're expecting. Go get it. See ya. Hey, Power Athletes. We have a special edition of Power Athlete Radio discussing all things grindstone. When your nose is to the grindstone, this is the podcast. I'm CEO of Power Athlete, John Wilburn. I'm joined by Mr. Chris McQuilkin, a.k.a. Tax Director of Training for Power Athlete.
1: Howdy. Yes, and we're getting into Grindstone
0: Program. What is Grindstone, Chris?
1: Well, it is this choose-your-own-adventure program. Mm. There's a time in everyone's life when they want to train hard, but then work, kids, new responsibilities just start to get in the way.
0: Man, I can't hate, be- I hate that. Have, have I told you how much I hate that? No. That grindstone's kind of the save. Oh my god! I, I like I like it. It irks me because grindstone is probably the best program in terms of like well balanced, well thought out, kind of just hitting a little bit of everything, allowing you to have the complete package. Whereas you know you got grindstone, big hypertrophy, big back slabs of muscle, Jack athleticism Street. with I'm sorry, uh, Jack Street with big slabs of muscle, athleticism, fostering developing athleticism with Field Strong. Grindstones kind of a blend of everything. gives you a little bit of Jack Street, gives you a little bit of Field Strong, gives you a little bit of Johnny Watt, Johnny Bod. It gives you a mix and shouldn't be a safe because it's some of the most dude. We're spitting fire daily on it. Yes,
1: very flexible training program is yeah. what I was getting at. Mm, I like flexible, flex able as we call it. <laughs> so like flexible like a gymnast. Yes. Okay. What we're doing today is going to be providing eight tools to help you sharpen your axe on Grindstone. Was that a pun? I
0: don't know. It was more of like a picture. Oh, okay. Okay. So let's get into them. So we got eight tips to help you maximize your experience on Grindstone. Uh One of Power Athlete's flagship training programs. And if you want to check it out, you can go to powerathlete.hq slash training, scroll down, click down, you'll see Grindstone, click on it. And if you want to give a free trial, Click through to our trusted partner, Train Heroic. Sign up and get seven days free and see how you get your hair set on fire. Yeah. Before we get to the tips, John, explain the experience because all the training, it
1: appears, is stacked on one day. Yeah. But then each week that it drops on Fridays, you get the opportunity to align Sometimes your training. Saturdays. Hey, TC, step your game up, but align your training with yeah. your week schedule. So talk about that experience of
0: being on the program. Yeah, it's a flexible training program. So what we ask people to do is your first training day of the week ideally should be mandatory lower. Your second training day of the week, now this might be a Wednesday, might be a Thursday, it might be a Monday, however it fits, should be mandatory upper. Now, with that said, you might have a deal where you don't have any training time until way later in the week. And you might only have some short uh, days during the week to kind of backfill your training. So we have optional days available to you. But the entire training week is loaded on Monday. And it's up to you to kind of drag and drop Think minority report and put the training for your week and allows for a flexible training program.
1: All right. So there you have it. So we have two mandatory days, one upper one lower, and then four optional days for you get to pick and they target. different. It's actually five. Uh,
0: well, it'll be three optional days because there's two rest days. What okay. happened was when I started offering six training days, people started freaking out a little bit. And I realized that sometimes that was a little much. So I backed it down to five training days. So you have two mandatory, and then three optional. One's going to be a big aerobic capacity day, uh, looking to build that aerobic base. One's going to be another strength day, and then there's really just a mix of some glycolytic conditioning and just some short accessory work.
1: Sweet. So there you have it, mix and match, be flex able. So the first tip that we have for sharpening your axe on grindstone
0: move this the is the classic: move the dirt. So, classic well bornism. Well, you know, a long time ago there was this guy. On this podcast. so actually, Not I have, this podcast. No, not this podcast. A podcast. I think it was the first podcast I ever did was uh, the Barbell Shrug podcast. Mm. And uh, I gave. The BS podcast? <laughs> yeah. Big BSers. Uh, I, I don't even know if those guys podcast anymore. I know one of them passed away. Um, I don't even know. I think the other guy got free stride and it's out, you know, in the middle of the Amazon doing ayahuasca trips. And uh, I don't even know what happened to those guys. Is there still a Barbell shrug out there? Well, we're here. that's what's important, mm. so continue, move the dirt, yeah, so um, I gave an analogy um towards training, and it was something that allowed me to wrap my head around the daily matrix of training because not every day you get to you know you know like kick the door and off the hinges and tear it down and there were some days that just felt like a little bit of survival, so the analogy was you know training's a lot like moving dirt, some days you get a shovel, some days you get a spoon. But as long as you're moving dirt every day, you're headed towards your goal. So the move of the dirt has been a mantra on Grindstone where not every day is going to feel 100%. Not every day is going to be your best training day. And you can't look at it in the micro. You can't say, you know, today was sucked. So therefore, everything's garbage. You have to look at the training as like an entire cycle. And as long as you have more, you know, big shovel days than you do spoon days, we should be able to make progress. But that's not realistic in life. Uh, you're going to have things like friends, family, uh, job, work. You're going to have disasters, injuries. I mean, everything that life can throw at you, it does. And what we wanted to do is create a flexible training program that allowed you continue to drive adaptation, even in the face of all of this kind of disarray. Yes. So some days you
1: get that shovel, and when you do got it in your hands, go.
0: And over my shoulder, you can spot it. There's a shovel and a spoon. An on engraved that. spoon. engraved spoon. That little guy? Yeah. I wouldn't worry about that. I think the engraving says nobody ever died from being too awesome. Well, that might be a difference. That's Johnny Watt. That's a whole (laughs) different podcast. (laughs) I like it. All right. So that's number one. Move the dirt. Number two, training day selection. As you get into this, you have to select. Ideally, I would love for your first two training days to be mandatory up or lower and upper. But that might not be advantageous. Like for you and you're like, hey, I know I got Saturday and Sunday off. That's when I have the most time and my best chance to really slay those workouts, throw those on Saturday and Sunday. And then I want you to backfill with those other three training days during the week. Uh, I really want you to not miss those aerobic capacity days and really focus on building that aerobic base. Uh, The strength is always going to be a real mix. There's going to be some heavier stuff, but there's also going to be some speed, a lot of unilateral, uh, some, you know, classic bodybuilding stuff that we've pulled from Jack street is going to be on that day. And then I give you a little Johnny wad, with uh, a little bit of glycolytic capacity like you'd find within the CrossFit football realm will pop in there too. Sweet. So, Heavy, hard, and fast. So how you arrange your training, I want you to have a little bit of foresight for the week. I don't want you to do all ad hoc and you know, jump in there and be like, hey, okay, I'm going to burn it down Monday, but then I'm not going to be able to train for four days in this. I want you to understand your training week and I want you to plan it accordingly and give yourself the opportunity to be successful. All right. Moving next one is going to be
1: compensatory acceleration. Mm. So before getting into the the purpose, John,
0: simply what is compensatory acceleration? Compensatory acceleration is defined as as mechanical advantage increases, so does bar speed. So I want Mm. you to think about on a bench press, as you're bringing the bar down, the weakest point on the bench press or on any movement is going to be at the bottom. As you continue to drive up the bar as mechanical advantage which means as I get closer to lockout, I will get stronger. So what happens a lot of time is people are fast off the chest and then they slow down. I want you to think the opposite. I'm fast off the chest and as mechanical advantage increases, so does speed. And I want you to work on accelerating the bar once you get past that sticking point. And what happens when you start using compensatory acceleration and you start moving the weights fast and violent, we start activating uh, you know, activating to quote Fred Hatfield, white muscle fibers, but it's, it's actually max motor unit recruitment. Mm -hmm. So we start recruiting more muscle, more motor units, and we teach the body how to move fast. And there's a direct correlation between increased compensatory acceleration and strength and speed. Yes. And coordination
1: goes a long way, especially long-term our aim performance for the people. We want people training for a long time. So we're providing quality training. But the more dialed in their, their primal movements, their proficiency, their coordination, also the more it carries over to the fun stuff that they get to do in life.
0: Well, uh, as we age two things happen, we start losing motor, uh, motor unit recruitment and we start losing mitochondrial density. So mitochondria is how we get energy uh, through the cells. So uh, to increase mitochondrial density, we need a large aerobic base. That's where that aerobic base training comes in and becomes so paramount in this training. Oh, and, and little note if you're following grindstone and you want to repeat a day like for example you might not have a ton of time to do some of the other stuff but you want to give yourself maybe two aerobic days or even three aerobic days you can always double up on those aerobic days there's there's no uh, i guess you could say like there's no diminishing returns by doubling or tripling those up whereas i wouldn't necessarily recommend you know multiple three lots. Yeah, or th- three mandatory lowers in a week you know, do the mandatory upper, do the mandatory lower, hit the strength, hit this. And if you got some more time, you can always backfill with more aerobic work. Yes. So um, our- but a uh, few things happen. We lose mitochondrial density, uh, increase in mitochondrial density, come from a large aerobic base. And then we start losing the ability to recruit motor units and recruit muscle fibers. Compensatory acceleration utilizes that and helps us fight that off. So it becomes those two principles become paramount in uh, anti-aging In terms of like, you know, I'm not talking about like some weird clinic you go to, but in terms of like fighting off old age, maintaining muscle mass and continue to be strong and proficient into your thirties and forties, this becomes one of uh, uh, the foundations for it. Yeah. So compensatory acceleration and each week during the barbell
1: action and paired with it, there's a targeted day for the, the aerobic work for the mitochondria density. How else is aerobic work important for building muscle now? So not just the density. Of these small mitochondria, but also the muscles that we can see?
0: Um, the, uh, aerobic base, um, is kind of has an interesting downstream effect in that, uh, you know, the aerobic work is really good in terms of cardiovascular and building the heart and making sure that the body's pumping blood and moving through. But also we know that, uh, people that do a strength training program, especially if they eat in caloric restriction with high protein diet and then they use some aerobic work to kind of create a little bit of a caloric deficit will end up carrying more muscle and less fat than people that don't. And when all of a sudden we start creating, uh, carrying a higher amount of muscle in relation to fat. Now we start talking about metabolic flexibility and now we start just getting people stronger making people more metabolically flexible, healthier, and just more jacked. Yeah. One note I've heard you say recently, like, why are all these people worried about losing body fat? Why not oh. just building muscle? Yeah, this is a weird one. Um, periodically, and I know Charles uh, probably does the same thing because I know I send him a lot of weird shit on Instagram. But, like, I kind of get stuck in the wormhole, especially at night. Like, I'll, I'll go down and uh, – I, I, uh, George Bryant, um, one of the guys on one of the motorcycle ride, has become, like, a good friend of mine recently. Um, uh, super interesting cat. Hooked me up with these guys called Harpy. And uh, Harby, I think, is what it is. And it's uh, it's actually a necklace – thing I was telling you about that uh, does PMF. Seen and seen you wear it on your head. Yeah. Well, I got a bigger one now. I can wear it around my neck. Uh, but it's this device and it's, um, as like, I got on with the guy, what it does is it provides vibration and they think that it can mimic different effects. And so, you know, they have a calming one, they have like a nighttime one. And so what I'll do is they have one that's like kind of a an hour before you're supposed to go to sleep. You're supposed to have like an unwind period. So I'll put on my blue blocker, you know, a uh, blocking light glasses that I wear when I I'm on the computer and I'll just kind of go lay in there and turn on the chili pad and relax a little bit, turn the fan on and I'll kind of get stuck in the wormhole. And what I'm looking for is kind of like trends. And one of the trends that's become universal now is everybody's so obsessed with this idea of fat loss. You know, we got to lose fat. America's obese. Uh, You know, this is fat, you know, and it's a, whether it be fit teas or this, everything's about fat loss. And I had this weird epiphany where, just looks and, and actually what it came down to was, uh, you know, seeing a bunch of before and after picks from people doing different contests. Like, you know, we were doing the, you know, hammer 90. And as I was going through and looking at like, you know, Ryan Fisher and, you know, Mike Rasheed and some of the, you know, Jen Widerstrom and some other people do these contests. And I was kind of looking at their before and afters and some of the people, when they stripped away the fat, just didn't have enough muscle to make it look good. And I came to the conclusion that instead of fighting everybody to lose fat, what if we just fight to get people to put on more muscle? Because at the end of the day, body fat's just a percentage in relationship to total body weight and muscle. It's amazing where if somebody came in, they'd look better if they lost 5 or 10 pounds of fat. But they'd also look dramatically way more badass if we put on 5 or 10 pounds of muscle. So there's more than one way to like drop your body fat. Either put on more muscle or you just lose fat. And there's nothing to say we can't do both at the same time. But I really think that the majority of the world would be better off if they just put on more muscle or if they were fighting to, to maintain and gain muscle more so than focused on just being a fucking skinny fat ball of chewed bubble gum.
1: There's a tagline in there somewhere. Next up,
0: more pull-ups. Yep. Yeah. Now, I was never able to quantify this. And Greg Glassman, for all of his neuroses and whatever, made some really amazing observations. And he did. He said, athletes that are able to do more pull-ups are fitter and stronger than athletes that can't. You know, we saw this in the military. Oh, yeah. Big Um, time. You know, I mean, you know, the the U.S. Army could have just erased the entire ACFT if they had just required pull-ups. And that's what our throwout was. It's hard to do pull-ups with a fat ass. And Greg's deal was when people got more pull-ups, they got more confidence, they got stronger, <coughs> and everything got better. So I might not program a high amount of pull-ups every single day within Grindstone, but that doesn't mean that you are limited to what I program. I think, and I, I do this um, at least three to four days a week, I'll periodically, if I'm doing any aerobic work, if I'm doing anything, I'll just stop and just do a max set of push-ups. I do it in the shop uh, at least once a day. I'll be like, oh, all right. My goal is to do 50 unbroken or 75 unbroken. Remember Rudy Reyes is like, oh, I was terribly out of shape. I could only do 75 unbroken pull up or push-ups. I'm like, oh, Jesus. So um, that's a pretty good indicator of health. People that can do over 50, and I'd, I'd have to pull the numbers, but there's a correlation with like heart attacks and fitness with how many up push-ups you can do cold. If you can lay down and do over 50, uh, you got like <laughs> – you know, like your chance of dying a heart attack is dramatically less than somebody that can do five. So, uh, you know, with the pull-up stuff, if you walk in the gym, I would, every time I walked into the gym, uh, you know, if I'm warming up and doing different stuff, let's say jump on the assault bike, I want to do a little bit of lacrosse, a little bit of mobility, a little myofascial release, relaxed nervous system, jump up and do a, you know, max set of pull-ups, see how many you can get periodically, just kind of throw that into the workouts. So I think, um, you know, I program them at least one, if not two days a week or some variation of the the vertical pull, but that doesn't mean that you just can't throw them in there. Uh, same thing with more pushups, uh, which is the next one, uh, just periodically if you're sitting around and I do this all the time, like, uh, I jump on the assault bike and I'll do 20 minutes. And then I hook up that, uh, we've been testing that max oxygen machine. And so I'll kind of step away, try to do like, uh, a uh, hundred pushups in as little sets as possible. And I'll do like a set of like 50, 25 and 25. And then I jump back on and I'll do it for like, you know, seven to 10 minutes. Um, uh, you know, if I'm working outside I and mean, I'm not going to do it today, it's 104 degrees out, but periodically I'll just challenge the kids. If they're out there, how many pushups can you do? And we'll just do, you know, push-up contest. And uh, when we were at the lake uh, with Thad's boys, uh, same thing. Like if there's any little boys around, be like, how many pushups you got? I got $5 in my pocket. or I got a dollar for every pushup. Every 10 push-ups you can get. And I'll just challenge them to it. And then they'll be like, Mr. Welborn how many can you get? And I'm like, I think I'll get 50. How many can I get with you on your back? All right, you can sit on my back and see what I get. So I think there's some games to be played, especially with your kids, but within yourself to constantly challenge. And what's amazing about push-ups and pull-ups, the only way you get good at them is by practicing them and doing them often. Yeah.
1: And with that being said, the people that have the mindset of, I'm not good at pull-ups. I've never been
0: good at pull-ups. You will never You're be right. good at them. Yeah. I lie to myself about that. I'm the best that there that there ever was at pull-ups. I can do as many as I want. And I think that positive affirmation within yourself to go back and quote Mushiashi, uh, and I'm going to butcher the quote, but do not speak ill about yourself or the warrior within, one that will start to believe. And I want to say I totally butcher the quote. It's different. But, like, it's real true. Like well, yeah. you know, and- if, if you're negatively attacking yourself all the time, at some point – You start to believe. And so I don't need you to be delusional like some of the people that have worked for us. Uh, Well, the the point
1: with pull-ups, it pairs with the standard. And going back to our old seminar, what's our standard for pull-ups? It's not eyes to bar, chest to bar, chin over bar. It's pull up. So even if you have zero pull-ups as your standard, even your effort to go up there, grab the bar, wrap your thumbs around and pull, that's still one. And then you're going to get closer and closer until we have, yes, what we can count as one rep, but we need that effort and need you to try. And then eventually you're going to get closer to that bar.
0: Yep. So, yeah, more push-ups, more pull-ups. And then the next one's going to be trunk. Mm. Uh, uh, I might not be as trunk heavy in Grindstone as I am in Jack Street and some of the other programs just because I'm constantly searching on economy of time. Um, I don't need you burning 45 minutes in a warm up and then hitting a, you know, because there is a ton of volume because I know these are two big training days. So, uh, that doesn't mean you can't get extra. Um, we have a ton of stuff, especially if you click on Johnny Bob, there's going to be some form of trunk almost every single day, but really being able to focus on isometric contractions, being able to maintain posture and position as you move your legs independently of like on the, uh, on the dead bug doing some side pillars with some reaches where now we're reaching with uh, reaching under a transverse plane, thinking about the med balls in terms of rotation, throws, transverse, really understanding those loading and those principles, and really just being real trunk heavy. So if you need extra, you can always do extra. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Or commercial times during football season. Yeah. Hey, just get down on those dead buggers and push your kids around.
0: Uh, I do. Uh, I challenge my daughter to dead bugs all the time. They're so good at it. Like, they're so good from gymnastics. They're like, Dad, is this hard? I'm like, for most of the population, it is. Big time. And I tell them all the time, I hope it never gets hard for you. I hope everything stays easy. Like, like uh, watching them sit in the bottom of a squat. Like, uh, Jamie can perch like a, like a vulture on the back of uh, the couch and can just hang out there in a squatted position. Standing on, like, basically, like, the balls of her feet. Elevated, like, active foot. Sit in a soft, squatted position and watch TV like that and stay like that for 20 or 30 minutes. It, Gargoyle it's statue. It's unbelievable, not only the level of flexibility, but the ability to control that position in the bottom. And like Kate's like, what do you think? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm so jealous. I can't do that. And uh, I don't know. I mean, but that's part of like the kid stuff, man. Like I, I watch them sit on their, like, you know, like sit on their knees and sit back. And they could sit in that position forever. And I'm like, God, I cry. My knees would ache within seconds of doing that. Yeah. So more push-ups, more pull-ups, more trunk. And then the last one is sleep. We talked about it on, for all the programs. We got a ton of stuff with Doc Parsley. I was 100% wrong about sleep in my 20s. I had this whole notion, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And I burned the candle at both ends. And all of a sudden... When I didn't need, you know, I felt like I could, you know, sleep a couple hours, get up and be at my best. I didn't realize the performance gain of sleep until I really needed it. And all of a sudden, my 30s, what I did in my 20s didn't work. And I really got into understanding that I had to effectively defend and protect my sleep and how valuable it is. And now that I'm in my 40s. I really realize it is Mm -hmm. after, uh, you know, reading Dr. Matt's book and then also, you know, talking to Parsley and all the, you know, all the stuff we've done with him, understanding the effects in terms of neurological, you know, uh, I mean, you know, the neurological effect, but also neuroplasticity and health and just, you know, starving off Alzheimer's and, and, you know, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, neurological aging that's coming sleep is our best defense. So for those of you guys on Grindstone, I want you to safeguard your sleep. I want you to do whatever you can to maximize your sleep. And if you're poorly sleeping, go out, get a sleep study done, figure out if you need a CPAP, maybe a, a mouth guard or whatever it is, but I need you to effectively maximize your sleep. And you know what? Um, if it requires a new bed, a chili pad or whatever it requires to allow you to sleep at your best, do it. It's, I mean, you think we're going to spend a, a roughly a third of our lives in bed. So, I mean, think about people spend a hell of a lot more on a car than they do on a bed, but you'll actually spend more time in that bed than you will ever in that car. So, if you're going to spend some money, throw some dough and get in a nice bed. Mm-hmm. And actually, the options for beds are so much better now. I mean, some of like the, the memory foam beds that showed up in a box that we got for our guest room are super comfortable. So, like the days of going and buying some big box spring, those are kind of over. The technology piece is there in terms of really finding some amazing beds. Real cheap.
1: I like this sleep paired with training day selection because then you, it puts your attention and focus on what days am I getting the most sleep that puts me in the best position to
0: hammer those mandatory days. Uh, Something I've been doing recently. um, I started sleeping with all my curtains open. I mean uh, the the blinds. What are you nuts? So it's pretty cool because now when you lay there, all of a sudden uh, when the sun comes up, I get up. So like, uh, you know, before I would, I would sleep with the shades down, you know, Rob, like make the room as dark. I remember Rob Wolf telling me to make the dark, the room dark as possible. And then the problem was I would, you know, have to wake up with an alarm, which always felt like I was jarred out of sleep. So now what's cool is now I sleep with the, with the shades up, all of a sudden when I see the light come up and it gets me up, it's like, uh, I'll crack it like anywhere from like 615 to 620 pretty consistently when it comes up. And I actually really enjoy it. I'm up for the sun. Oh, I get up. And Hammering go. away. Well, I don't have to travel as far as you do to go to the gym. Also true. So, I mean, I can get up. Not like, that I have to travel far. Not that you've I, my commute is shorter than yours. Correct. And, I mean, it's like, what, like a 30-second walk.
1: Yeah. yeah maybe 10-minute drive, more or yeah. less. Yeah. And, I mean, well, our uh, UK buddy, it's about lunchtime for him when we're waking mm-hmm. up. So, we're hammered.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's wild on the weekends. On Saturdays, I'll get up extra early. And I don't know why. Like on the weekdays, it's really, it's, I mean, it could be anywhere from 545 to 615. But what was wild was that when it was in the winter, when the sun was coming up later, but now that it's summer, I'll start grading up dramatically. But it's nice to wake up with the sun. Like that that goes back to like, uh, what was it? My 42 things. It's better to live like a farmer than it is to live like a bartender. That's for sure. Farmers get up when the when the sun comes up, when the rooster crows. Yeah, what I
1: have started doing is taking the focus calm, getting the meditation just on the mm-hmm. porch with
0: the 6 a.m. sunrise. So you know what's so something very that's nice. bullshit? Uh, you know, they always talked about like, you know, when the rooster crows, you always hear it in like the, the country songs. They're like, oh, you know, wake up when the rooster crows. That's not true. The roosters crow all, all damn, the time. Damn, all, all the damn day. day. All the like the one time I don't hear them is around 6 a.m. It's 6 a.m. when the sun comes <laughs> up. I hear those damn things like the rooster, cr- like the, that's gotta be like one of those like country myths. Like, oh, I get up when the rooster crows. I'm like, dude, that thing crows all the time.
1: Well, yeah, it's all those Nashville riders that are not
0: country. <laughs> they just sound like hicks. Uh, I'd love listening to a country song where all of a sudden you're like ticking the boxes. You're like, oh, they mentioned a dirt road, they mentioned beer. Uh, they mentioned, uh, you know, like, it's just like they have like a checklist on a wall and they're like, okay, these are country things. Well, these are formulas constructed by the record companies
1: to get out these people on the radio. It's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. You want real country listened to, Texas country artists, I'll direct our listeners a good way. I want you to follow Corey Morrow. He's actually pals with Pat Green. So Pat Green, he went up, this is Texas terms, mm-hmm. Go in Nashville. That's essentially selling out. So Pat Green, he went to Nashville. And Corey Morrow's got a song. It's called Nashville Blues that tells this whole story. What's his name? Corey Morrow.
0: He's from Houston. By far my favorite Texas artist. Uh, The guy who I've kind of, and I I know he's kind of gone a little bit mainstream, is uh, Morgan Wallen. Don't know who that is. He's got that uh, song called Sand in My Boots. Um, He gets a little bit of radio play, but he's actually pretty big. But I'll tell you, the guy who I'm dying to see is Ray Willie Hubbard. Ray Wiley Hubbard. Oh, sorry. Why, is it what? Yeah. Ray Wiley, Wiley. Hubbard. Yeah. yeah. He plays all the, all around here. and I've been trying to go see him because he's kind of old, but he, he's he got some good songs. Yeah. Screw You Were From Texas and that uh, that other song about the devil, which uh, he gives the best line when the, when he, he has a dream that he basically goes to hell and the devil asks him, he's like, I've been good. And he's like, what about all that uh, whiskey and cocaine? And he's like, well, I never did the cocaine to get high. I just like the way it smelled. I mean, he had some great one liners in there and uh, yeah. I've always wanted to see him, but he's the key yeah. is singer songwriter. So you're singing the songs that you wrote. So you're saying like Kenny Chesney and what's that other guy that you really love? Uh, Luke Bryant, where you went to his concert through your underwear on stage. That was Luke Bryant, right? <laughs> 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 I don't know what to say to that.
1: Probably uh, one of my favorite memes of all time <laughs> is when the mega powerball was so big, like the, I forget, like $500 million jackpot. There was a meme going around where a guy buys every single Luke Bryan ticket to a stadium concert, and he's the only person in there just yelling at Luke Bryan how much he sucks. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I'm not a Luke Bryan fan. No, and I'm not past. a Kenny Chesney fan. Uh, I'm, uh, what's what's the other guy, Blake? Uh, Shelton. Yeah, not a fan of his either. Well, he's real funny. Uh, I appreciate his sense of humor. That's about it. Really well, what what on, on the voice? Yeah. Uh, I think, I think you got Willie Nelson. You got George Strait. I mean, George Strait. Like, there's never a time when a George Strait song comes on the radio. So and he's, he's a great do, singer. They do, uh, but he's not a songwriter. He's never written any of his own music. Check the check the notes. He takes a lot from the the Texas artists. Mm, okay, but I mean, when was the last time if you're driving and you hear a George Strait song come on, like I never change the channel. Why? Well, I-
1: I went from a 86 truck with no radio to a 78 Benz with probably the worst reception of all time. John, <laughs> I'm not, it's not happening.
0: Uh, well, uh, there's no way to wire in here, uh, like Spotify or anything.
1: Well, I took, I've taken the Derek Woodski approach of I'm just going to drive and think. Mm. So no podcasts. I thought now, now they're, you know, I'm listening too much to other people's thoughts versus ruminating. And what I have to say, John. Mm.
0: I like listening to music. So. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that either. And then the other thing is the minute that the kids get in the car, I feel that I have to expose them to as much music that they would not be exposed to. So, like, uh, basically anything that's Metallica, Led Zeppelin, any type of 80s rock, anything. I, that's great.
1: Because I get some high school athletes, and then at games they play, you know, they play Led Zeppelin and other, like, classic rock but This kicks. stuff's terrible. Exactly. So... It, Showing them the way with music, they're going to get a lot farther faster.
0: So over uh, Memorial Day, uh, my brother they went to Catalina um, with a wine mixer. No, Catalina is an island off of the coast of uh, off L.A. <laughs> Step I don't know. So they uh, they took their boat over and they have friends with boats and they're the English beat. They had like an eighties concert right. over there. So uh, my brother went and uh, took my niece and nephew, and they had a great time. And uh, they ended up running into Richard Blade, who I don't know if you know who Richard Blade is. He was a guy on, like, K-Rock. Yeah, like, when we were kids, Richard Blade, he had he's, like, an English dude who was always the, the the DJ. So, they run into Richard Blade. So, my brother sends me a picture with, like, Al and her friend and Richard Blade. And then sent me a clip, because Richard Blade has a show on Sirius, I think. Where, like, he's like, oh, I met this great family and totally, like, wishes Al a happy birthday, which was pretty cool. But Al's big into 80s music. Good for her. Yeah. So, he was like... Uh, he even said he's like it's pretty rare to come across kids that are big into this '80s music, and hopefully my kids are. Well, wrapping this up, John,
1: these are some excellent t- tips for music and yeah, getting the most. Uh, if you're out of interested, Grindstone.
0: Power Athlete has a Spotify channel, and if you want to tag in on my own personal Spotify channel, it's real easy to find. All you got to look for is "Talk to Me, Johnny," is what my uh, playlist and what my profile, and it's public. So you can click on, you can see what I'm listening to, and more importantly, some of my playlists. But I've also designed a ton of the playlists that are on Power Athlete. So if you search Power Athlete, you'll see our Spotify. We got a playlist, and if for each guest, for each guest, and I'll just periodically put them in. And so, I mean, if you're into, you know, a bunch of heavy metal stuff and maybe some uh, uh, some uh, some country music, I do have a little bit of house and a little bit of trance, a little bit of Tiesto and some of the stuff like in there. Um, as I find myself quite often, if there's nothing good on the radio, I just listen to like either house or trance music and uh BPM. Some of the, uh, those, uh, the rave music. Things. Yeah. 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 Texas is like, is this move? Is this music from a rave? I'm like, how do you know? You've never been to a rave. I saw one on TV. Uh, blade. Yeah. The blood rave. All
1: right. Well, to get a seven day free trial of grindstone, head to powerathletehq.com slash grindstone. And then to hear John's vampire rave story stay <laughs> tuned to power athlete radio and the episodes to come or subscribe.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. hit subscribe or you can call in on our hotline at okay. 929-464-464-0 929-0 and ask to hear stories about the uh, vampires or send text a picture he Don't likes them do that all right thanks for tuning in. see ya
1: now it's time for you to empower your performance Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you'd like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!